Hello, my name is Shannon Lee, and you're listening to The Slapcast. Okay, I want to kick off this Slapcast with a very important announcement. Are you ready, Jonathan? Yes. My birthday's in two days. Uh-oh. Yeah. I noticed, I'm sitting here, and I noticed that you don't have a gift with you. It's, it's in the mail. Okay, okay. You have 48 hours. Well, actually longer because it's actually June right now. But <laughs> are we not supposed to talk about the magic of podcasting? <laughs> you should have known when this, when this episode was going to hit and preemptively brought a very expensive gift for me. Now you know what the expectation is. Yeah. You have time. Okay. Uh, no, I have, what, two months and 48 hours. <laughs> yeah, two months and 48 hours, right? You're right, because tomorrow's the 26th. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you're right. Okay, you know, there's a lot of new stuff happening for all of us right now. I know you've been working from home for months, right, Jonathan? Yes. Okay, me too. And for the foreseeable future, correct? I mean, you're, you you don't ever want to go back to the office, do you? I, mean, I don't have to. <laughs> uh, so the whole Relay team, we've been working from home. We've been on Zooms to our workshops, trainings, even our coaching has all gone virtual. We're actually working on some really neat additional virtual offerings that include self-paced online programs. Now, I know this is not new technology-wise, but it's new to us, so we're getting ready to, to release that. Um, layered in with all of this change due to COVID, of course, the all of the racial unrest that's going on that has made it into, um, it's not that the racial unrest is new, it's just it's made it, I believe, what's happening is it's made it into the consciousness of more people. Um, and it's more than ever that I've seen in my lifetime. And I believe these things are actually good. I think, however, that change can be super overwhelming when it's this frequent. And in the overwhelm, all of us, and especially managers and leaders of people, can forget the basics and deprioritize the very things that we need more than ever. And we talked about one of those things in the last episode, which was goal setting with SMART goals. Uh, setting SMART goals is part of a bigger picture of management that we talk about here called SL2. It's the most widely used performance management model in the world. Like, I'm not joking, tens of thousands of people use this model. And in that model, leaders learn not only to set effective SMART goals, but also how to diagnose the development levels of their team and then match their style accordingly. I talked about that back in March in episode 29 and 30. I know I didn't go in order once again, but deal with it. Um, so today, I want to talk about three huge roadblocks that I'm really seeing as I talk to business leaders, um, even individual contributors, that they're really running into that are keeping them from showing up in the ways that they want to. They are, um, that's why I call them roadblocks because they're, they're realizing and they're aware, wow, why did I do that? And I really think it's this added pressure and, and all of the things that are going on. So I'm gonna talk about that in a moment, but first, a couple of reminders. Impact Columbus coming up on September 30th. We're gonna start it off with an hour live virtual event where I'll be joined by co-chairs Dale Haidloff of AEP and Law Baker of Cover My Meds. But then afterwards, everyone who attends Impact Columbus, the live event, will receive access to a virtual impact conference where speakers will be addressing how we move forward in this new world 
because I really believe kind of like 9-11, there was before 9-11 and then after 9-11, right? And by the way, I didn't say that. I actually first heard LaShondra say that. We were having cocktails a couple weeks ago and she said that. I'm like, that is so true. Um, so there's this before COVID and after COVID. And I think um, in a way, for sure, at least for me, a before George Floyd and an after George Floyd. And, and I'm grateful for that. Um, and so all of these things are kind of going to be balled up together. And our speakers during that self-guided virtual conference are going to be addressing this from the perspective of um, how do we move forward as individuals um, and our teams at work as organizations and even as a community. So make sure you visit relayleadership.com slash impact Columbus to learn more and get your ticket. By the way, tickets are only 30 bucks for all of that. Are you kidding me? bargain. All right. The other thing I wanted to mention is we are now enrolling for our two intensive programs, NextGen and ExecGen 2021. NextGenLeaders.com for NextGen. NextGen is a 10-month program for young professionals. And then ExecGen is for our experienced executives, 20 plus years experience supervising others. And that's actually on our native website, reallyleadership.com slash ExecGen. So that's all I'm going to say about those programs. There's way more information online. Go check them out. All right, let's rock and roll. As I mentioned, and also stating the obvious, we're living in interesting times, and I don't think things will ever go back to where they were. Nothing, I think, is going to feel the same. But does that mean that the tried and true leadership methods need to change? Well, it's interesting because I asked myself that question and I answered it both yes and no. <laughs> yes, because I believe we have new mindsets that we have to address. And, and um, someone that I know calls it this head trash. I think that the times that we're in have given us kind of like a resurgence of old head trash. And so, yes, we need to change our methodology because we've got to get rid of some old mindsets. There are things that we are believing about leadership right now that are simply not true. And that's, yes, why I think we need to change. We cannot approach our self-leadership the same way, nor can we approach the leadership of others the same way. I also think, no, um, the methods don't need to change because I believe some of the tried and true methods are actually even more crucial now, more important now. Um, so today I'm going to talk about what I'm seeing out there as I talk to employers, leaders, managers, as the top three mindset issues or the top three kind of head trash issues going on that need to be addressed. You know, I recently watched a webinar uh, with none other than John Maxwell. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing this, of course, I'm Shannon-fying this. Um, he said, you know, leadership is hard. He goes, in fact, I don't even know why people, I've said this for years, I don't even know why anyone would purposely attain to leadership. Because, and I'm not trying to discourage all you folks out there that want to be leaders someday, act like leaders of people, but I, I just want you to know the truth, and it's a hard pill. It's not easy, and it's more discouraging than it is encouraging sometimes. And yet, 
leaders thrive on this. Like we are, oh, I'll speak for myself. I'm energized by the challenge of that. And that's, I think, what sets an actual leader apart is that they look at those things, they go, yes, give me more of that. Maybe it's just being a glutton for punishment. I don't know. But um, so he was talking about the difficulty of leadership and on his desk, if you can imagine this, why he's, you know, this, this webinar, here's the vision that I want you to get in your mind. He's got his microphone, much like I do right now. He had a glass that was full of lemonade with a pitcher of lemonade next to it. To the right of that was one of those lem large lemon presses with a half, a half of a lemon on it that looked like it had already been pressed because there was fresh lemon juice in the bottom. And then he had a whole lemon sitting on the desk. He picked up that lemon and he said, as leaders, we're used to getting a lemon about once a week, maybe every other week if we're having a really good time at work. And we've got to make lemonade with that lemon. That's just what leaders do. He said, but lately I feel like we're getting handed a lemon every single day. And I got to tell you, I felt that like in my soul, I felt that. I was like, oh, that is so true. That's how it feels every day. It feels like there's a new challenge every single day. And it's exhausting, right? Companies are trying to figure out how to get people back into the workplace safely. And then they're trying to figure out if someone gets COVID, how do we not get sued, right? And then other companies are like, well, we don't want people to come back because we don't want anyone to get sick. And then some folks, you need to be physically in the same place, especially, well, I think nonprofits that serve, uh, dis, you know, like marginalized individuals, those are direct service organizations. They don't have a choice. They can't do that from the comfort of their couch, right? And so that's just one issue that folks are trying to figure out right now amongst all of the other ones. I think so many of us are tired and stressed. And when we are tired and stressed, we human beings tend to default to old behaviors if we're not careful, conscious, and aware. So what are the three things that I want to highlight to bring some awareness to so we can start to combat this? So the first one is when we get stressed and when we get in fear, we unknowingly prioritize feelings over facts. Now, I'm not saying we should resist our feelings, ignore them, and push them away. I think we should use them for what their purpose is, at least in my opinion, which is that they're signals. They're like a warning light, if you will. You don't drive in your car, and then when the empty gas light comes on, you don't go, you stupid gas, in gas indicator. You jerk, I'm ignoring you. That's not real, right? That doesn't, that's not what we do when we check engine, right? Oh, I wonder what that's about. Well, some people do avoid that. That's not a good idea. But the point is, is we don't judge it. We don't tell it a, a, you know, a, a dirty, rotten scoundrel because the engine light came on. Um, so I'm not suggesting that when we flip facts over feelings, that we pretend that feelings don't exist and that they aren't important. What we want to do is prioritize them in a way that puts them in the right place. So we say, oh, that's interesting. I'm feeling anxious or I'm fearful. Where's that coming from? And we check it against truth. We check it against facts. And we slow down that process and we work to not react from that place. And so when emotions are high, we tend to kind of react without really thinking. And that's nothing, like I said, that you need to judge yourself for. It's really, really normal. But when we can slow it down, we, we can become aware 
of when we are reacting and why. We can become aware of when we are resisting those emotions and not accepting them. Sometimes that might just be an, an icky, I like to call it an icky gut feeling. We have to learn to not fight this and to just pause and ask ourselves what's going on. And then we need to check what's going on in our emotions with our thought process. We kind of need to reverse engineer it. Okay, what am I thinking right now? What are, what's going on in my mind that's creating that emotional environment? What's the narrative? Or as Brene Brown says, what's the story I'm telling myself right now? Right? What's the story I'm telling myself? And if I'm approaching bringing a thousand people back into the workplace or even 250 of them, let's say 25% of them, and I'm approaching that from the thought process of, I am so afraid 20% of my workforce is going to get COVID-19, that fear-based solution finding is not going to get you to the best solution. Why? Why? Scientists have discovered that when we're in fear and our amygdala is activated, our brain as a protective mechanism to take us to safety begins to filter out choices and, and options. Our brain wants the shortest path to safety. And for our brain, safety is going to what we know, kind of whatever fills in the blank the quickest. It's called a neuropathway. And that's how we so quickly default to old behaviors. The brain goes, oh, I know what to do, protect, um, you know, make rash decisions because that's my comfort level, right? And when we slow this process down, what we can do is, well, I will say this, it, it's also rooted in a belief that when I do things from fear, I'm caring for people, which is a really insidious thing that if I'm not acting afraid of people getting COVID in the workplace, then I don't care about them. You can actually bring people back to the office carefully and thoughtfully with their health in mind from a thought process of instead curiosity. I wonder what the best way is for people to re-enter the office. Both of them are going to get you to bringing back those 250 people to the office, but only one of them is going to give you a better experience in the process and is going to open you up to choices and ideas and opportunities. Fear limits choices, curiosity expands them, right? So we got to make sure that we identify our feelings and then choose new thought processes, give us the feelings that are going to get us the results that we want. So this means we are now able to make decisions from a place of win-win, not just from a fear place or making, for example, a financial-only-based decision. Um, and that can happen the opposite, right? If someone's in fear that they're going to lose a bunch of money and they have a bunch of employees, they might say, well, everybody's got to come back right away because they're so afraid of losing business. They're not thinking win-win. They're not thinking about the safety of everybody else because their default is a financially-based decision. Either one of those, whether it's fear that people are going to get sick or fear that we're not going to have enough money, the core emotion there is fear and it's limiting choices, ideas, creativity, and innovation. Instead, we want to ask curious questions. I wonder how. I wonder what would happen if. How could this be possible? Who might be able to help, with, help me with this, etc.? So feelings over facts is the first barrier 
that I think we're all facing in leadership, and we've got to flip that. Okay, the second one, the second one that I'm seeing so much of is the issue of boundaries. And what I mean by that is that we're allowing too many people to take too much of our time and emotional energy, believing that we're serving the greater good by allowing them to vent, allowing them to um, kind of emote and rage over all of the things that they are angry about. Now, please note, this is not specific to the racial un- uh, racial unrest and all of the protests that we're having right now. I don't believe as a white person, I get to tell a black person how they work their way through that anger and that frustration. So let's be clear about that. What I am saying is in the workplace, if you are mad about the fact that you're stuck in front of a computer all day and all you want to do is call up your boss and vent all day long uh, or for 20 minutes or an hour or whatever, it's not going to solve the problem. And if you as the leader believe that you're supporting people by allowing them to continually do that, I want you to know that that's head trash. It's getting in your way. Instead, we want to approach it from not from the position of letting people cross over those boundaries. Because listen, if people are doing this all the time, you will run out of emotional capacity. You will get frustrated. You will eventually engage in avoidant behaviors. Because what do most people do when they feel like their boundaries are encroached upon? They do one of two things. They lash out or they hide. Right? Which one are you, Jonathan? Are you a turtle? Oh, definitely. Are you a turtle? Yeah, 100%. I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. And then I just, you never see me again. Yeah, yeah. Some people are lions, right? They roar. So turtle or lion is what happens, okay? And neither one of those is going to solve the problem. So what we want to do is we don't want to create that situation. So my little super voodoo trick of moving out of that, because sometimes it's hard to set a boundary with people because we feel like we're being uncaring. My solution to that is using the language of development with the person, asking them what they need from you in terms of direction. Direction meaning what do you need like one, two, three? Do you need instructions? Does this require a SMART goal? Whatever. And then support. Support has to do with encouragement, um, reinforcing their skills, those kinds of things. Turn it into a development conversation. And again, you'll need to go back and listen to some previous episodes to fully understand what that's about. It has to do with SL2. Hearing people out and then moving the discussion into a development opportunity are not mutually exclusive. It's not either or. Someone walks in your office and they just start unloading all of their problems to you. I'm not suggesting you just cut them out in a cold calculated way. But I do believe that it would be important to, to at some point in the conversation, pause and say, I, I want to hear you and I want to help you. Let's start talking about what we can do to find some solutions to the frustration that you're feeling. Your goal as the leader, and I would even argue your responsibility, is to help them move forward. And you can do this in a caring and friendly way by honoring their concerns, honoring their frustrations, and then at the same time asking yourself what is the development opportunity here and moving the conversation in that direction. So number one, we got to put 
facts over feelings. Number two, we've got to draw appropriate boundaries. And the way we can do that is by having a development conversation with someone rather than just being a sounding block for their complaints. The final piece that we've got to overcome is just good old fashioned discomfort. The last few weeks, I have to be honest, it feels like everything hurts. <laughs> everything is hard. Um, kind of a little comedy. A friend of mine said, she just went back to the office last week. <laughs> she said, my pants are hard. Because <laughs> she's been wearing sweats for three months. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I heard when someone call them hard pants. Uh, when, when your dress pants or your jeans are too tight, they're hard pants. Um, but... Um, so we're not just talking about our jeans being a little snug, but that it feels like the way I always describe it when I'm struggling is I feel like everything I'm doing professionally is like walking through a vat of molasses. It just feels heavy and laborious. I'm moving, but I feel like I'm moving without inspiration. I'm moving through difficulty and there's no letting up. So first of all, the discomfort we're all feeling right now is I believe a shared experience. And it's while I don't want it to be normal like for the rest of my life. It's normal for right now. The other thing I want to say about discomfort is that when you have to lead from a place that is not your natural bent, you will feel uncomfortable. The mistake we make as leaders is that we misinterpret that discomfort for something being wrong. And so once again, we run, we hide from the experience. So when something's going on in the workplace that's uncomfortable, or maybe we have to make a tough decision, we mistakenly think that something must be wrong, and which really the hidden belief is leadership should be easy and, and this should be fun. And, you know, if I have to make a hard decision, this, this is something that I shouldn't be experiencing right now. No, you can do hard things. You can experience discomfort. You can make, you can do difficult things well. Right? I, I talked to a business leader not too long ago that, you know, he had to furlough six people and lay off, uh, I think it was 10. And it is a smaller organization, but still, he was heartbroken over that. And we had a discussion, and he realized the only thing he could do was a really difficult thing, but to do it skillfully. To do it skillfully. And that it's not supposed to feel good when you have to let people go. Like, we shouldn't be doing cartwheels over that. If, if you are, then I don't know if that's is that a sociopath. I'm not sure. But not everything in leadership is going to feel good. It's going to be uncomfortable. Don't run from it. Just know, oh, yep, this is going to be one of those difficult things. This is going to be a hard conversation. I find that when I know those things are going to happen, rather than ruminating over it and uh, getting anxious about it and worrying about it, I just acknowledge it and say, well, this is not my favorite person to have a conversation with, but I'm going to have this call with him. Like I will literally say that out, out loud to myself to tell my brain I'm accepting that this is going to happen and that this may not be very comfortable, but I don't go any further. I don't decide what's going to happen. So I don't get into like predicting, oh no, here we go. I'm going to talk to Jonathan tonight and he's going to be this and he's going to be that ruining my day before he ever gets here. Then, I ruin. then you ruin my day. <laughs> Um, right? So what we do with the discomfort that we're feeling right now is really important. It's really important. We've got to learn to almost, to just not be surprised by it. Go, oh, there it is again. I, I kind of like to think of it as like a scientist walking around um, maybe a big uh, 
you know, natural phenomenon and going, isn't that interesting? That is so interesting that this bothers me so much. I wonder what that's about. And it's almost like you separate yourself from it and you kind of lower the emotional charge of it. So that's a real fancy way of saying lean into the discomfort and know that it's normal. All right, folks, that's it for this episode. I really want to thank you for joining us, listening to what I have to say about these three uh, boundaries or not boundaries, but these three kind of head trash issues that we have right now that I think are just amplified because of everything that's going on. I hope you try to address these and become more aware of them so that you can find a little bit more contentment, a little bit more success in your day-to-day, you know, comings and goings in this really difficult time. Um, If you have any suggestions for us, guests, topics, please reach out to me at slapcast at relayleadership.org. And uh, last chance, make sure you get your Impact Columbus ticket from wherever you are because it's all virtual. So no matter where you live, you can join us. Again, that's at relayleadership.com slash Impact Columbus. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>